You've got to fix your genes to fit your genes. Dr. Penny Kendall Reed. If you've tried to lose weight at midlife and swear you've done everything possible and it hasn't worked, I've got one question for you. Did you look at your genes? This just could be the one obstacle standing in the way of you and your size tens. My guest today, Dr. Penny Kendall Reed, is going to tell you why you must mind your genes to fit your genes. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN Dr. Kieran Dunstan shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. everybody and welcome back. So excited to be here with you again. I have a guest here today that's really going to shed some light for you on what's going on with your weight and energy at midlife that you've been struggling to fix. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She's a naturopathic physician. It's Dr. Penny Kendall Reed. She's the author of Fix Your Genes to Fit Your Genes, which explains in detail the value of genetic analysis in understanding your individual nutritional and metabolic strengths and weaknesses. She's also the creator of a wonderful piece of software, basically, that's an integrated genetic platform, GeneRx.ca, which analyzes and interprets genetic profiles to design personalized health programs for patients worldwide. Welcome, Dr. Penny. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I know everybody's excited because they see the title of the podcast. Oh my gosh, optimizing diet, health, weight through personal genetics. And probably their doctors haven't talked to them about genetics, although they hear about it in the popular media. They hear about 23andMe and Ancestry.com. And a lot of people have done these tests, but then, oh my gosh, they get all this information and what to do with it. So... I'm just very excited. Can you help them understand what the power is of this information? Absolutely. So first thing that we're taught in naturopathic school is, is in, in any form of medicine, is you want to go after the root cause of the problem. And the body has this incredible innate ability to heal itself. But you can't really identify the true cause of the problem or identify how to tweak that innate healing response if you don't know your own unique set of genes. And one of the things that led me into genetics was I would have two patients come in. They might be the same weight. They might be the same age. I would put one on this diet, one on the same diet. One would respond really well, lose a lot of great weight, would feel fantastic. And the other person may actually gain weight. And there's a reason why you go into any bookstore and there are not just a few rows of diet books. There are like columns after columns after columns of diet books. And they all contain some good information that help some people, but not all people. We can't all eat the same diet. Our genetics will literally dictate, do you absorb six grams of saturated from a piece of chicken 
or 12 grams of saturated fat from that exact same portion of chicken. If you're one of the people that absorbs more than the normal amount of saturated fat, you actually have to eat less of that saturated fat in order to equal the same amount of fat absorption. There are genes which dictate how much leptin, adiponectin, and ghrelin, the three hormones that entirely control food cravings, that desire to eat, but also food behavior. A lot of people are actually going towards the fridge after dinner. They're not even hungry. They know they're not hungry. They actually might even be full, but their brain is driving them back to the fridge over and over. And it, they also dictate the rate of our metabolism. And again, you see it. You see one of your girlfriends, they can eat twice as much as you and they're slim. And you're sitting there struggling with your plain lettuce and thinking, why am I not budging in weight? Because we have to know what each of those hormones are doing, how your body handles each of those specific food groups from a genetic point of view. And the beauty of genetics is just because we have a gene does not mean we are destined to live the outcome of that gene. Our lifestyle, different supplements, our food, exercise, it can actually take a gene and turn on or off the expression of that gene. So if I want to decrease someone's ghrelin, that food-seeking behavior, that hunger hormone, there are supplements that we can do to turn off the expression of that gene, ramp down that production of ghrelin. If we want to increase the rate of fat burning naturally back up to its normal high, there are different things that we can do for that. But if you don't know the genes, you don't know what you're doing. This is so powerful. And I think a lot of women right now are having an aha moment. Mm -hmm. And they're remembering the time they were sitting at a table with their friend eating, and they were eating their lettuce, and their friend was had a full plate overflowing. Nachos. <laughs> Nachos, right? And they're thinking, what's wrong with me? Why I eat the littlest thing, and then I gain weight. And so... Everybody listening, I want you to hear how powerful this is. Our bodies are not equal and diets are not equal and no one diet is right for every woman and you are unique down to your very DNA. And so you need to figure out and know what your DNA is programmed to do and how it's programmed to behave with certain environments so that you can access and harness the power of this for your health and weight. Such, so powerful. It's so important. You know, we easily understand how some people are built to be sprinters and some people are built to be marathon runners. We look at their body type. We, we go, oh, that's genetics. They have fast twitch. They have slow twitch muscle fibers. But for some reason, we are all still caught in calorie in versus calorie out or the same old school thought processes when it comes to food. And it's no different. It comes down to our genes. I love that. That's a perfect example. I think everybody can understand. How did you become interested in this very deep aspect of health? Because most naturopathic physicians I talk to really don't focus on the genes. They focus more on lifestyle, but they're more working with, well, low glycemic index is good for most people, so everyone should eat that way. So how did you become interested in this? Well, my background is neurobiology, so I've always had a real fascination with the brain and what was going on there. And in so much of our body can actually be controlled through here up if we, if we could learn how to control all of those neurotransmitters. So that sort of got me excited about it, but it was really just looking at my patient practice. Again, 
I would have one person respond to a treatment piffly, and the next case would walk through the door. It would be the same looking style of case, same age group, same background of you know health history, and they wouldn't respond or they would get worse. And I would sit there baffled, and I kept trying to define it and define it. And then I picked up, about 15 years ago, I picked up a book, or an article rather, on genetics and genes and things when things were just starting to really come out. And that's what fascinated me, and that's what tweaked it. And it helped me understand why one patient needs three different blood pressure medications to get at their blood pressure, while one person just needs mm -hmm. one. That one person who needs the three is not actually coming from a vascular point of view. It's most likely coming from either a kidney point of view or more likely an inflammatory point of view or even a stress point of view. You treat that underlying cause when you can see it from the genes. You can see what receptors on the kidneys are doing to their blood pressure. You can see how many stress levels they're making for stressor, how quickly they clear them out. Then you know if that's what's tightening up their blood pressure. So there's always a reason why if somebody doesn't respond well to something, you're all not on the right track. So I just looked for a different track, and that's how it led me to genetics. That is just fascinating. So you made the observations and really put one plus one equals two. And now, is this one of the first evaluations that you do on clients when you work with them? A lot of the time it is. Also because I've now sort of become known as, as that genetics person. So they're coming to me for that reason. But literally a patient will sit down and they're like, should I be taking the 5,000 international units of vitamin D that my neighbor is taking? And I look at them and I'm like, I don't know because I don't know your genes. If you code well for absorption of vitamin D and transportation of vitamin D, you can get away with one or 2,000 international units a day. And taking five to six can actually be damaging. And I've seen that in patients. But if you code poorly for transportation and absorption, you might need eight to 10,000. And you might need to space them out times throughout the day. Because if you do it all at once, but you don't transport that vitamin D well, it goes into storage and then you can't get it out of storage. But unless I know someone's genetics, I don't know. So if somebody comes to me not looking for genetics, it invariably loops back there because I really, it's the best way of examining the body. And what are your favorite tests to do for patients? Do you generally do targeted analysis or do you like to do a whole large panel? I like to do a whole large panel because genes feed off of each other. So if somebody is looking to lose weight, Absolutely. I'm going to look at real key genes which determine the rate of weight loss, the food-seeking behavior, hormones, all sorts of things. But cortisol, our stress hormone, has the ability to alter over 90% of our genes, turning them to their adverse position. Cortisol will also drop naturally the rate of our metabolism independent of genetics from 92 to 35%. So I need to know what their stress genes are doing. I also need to know what their inflammatory genes are doing because one of the big inflammatory markers, interleukin-6, it likes to hide out and get stored in fat cells. So if you produce a lot of IL-6, then the fat cell, even if you're doing all the right things, it won't give up the fat because then it favors interleukin-6 versus fat. That becomes inflammatory and toxic and that fat cell dies. We might think, yay, the fat cell dies, but what the fat cell is going to do is I'm going to preserve myself, so I'm going to hold on to all that fat to act as a buffer. So I need to know what the inflammatory genes are doing. So there's all sorts of ways that our genes interact. And that's what I do. I don't treat gene by gene. I look at how a patient's specific coding for this gene interacts with a specific coding for this gene, interacts with a specific coding, put it all together. 
That's fabulous. And are there specific companies and tests that you like? Because I know everybody listening is thinking, I need that test. Where do I get it? I actually use 23andMe. They're one of the most economical tests that have the widest variety of, of genes to pull out. You need to do the health and ancestry, not just the ancestry. The health part is has more of the important health genes that I need. But for an economical price, I can get a good whack of genes. And then I sit and I pull out all the individualized genes to it. It's also something that a patient can order themselves online and then just send it to their doctor for analysis that way. Because if you're if you going through some of the other more expensive platforms, they're generally doing just methylation or just food or just certain areas. I want it all. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Hey there, it's your conscience calling. It's a new year. Just wondering where you are with your resolution. You remember the one to lose some weight and get in shape? You know, life would be a whole lot better if you upped your metabolism, lost a few pounds, had some energy, and could get in your skinny jeans again, right? But I know you don't want to count calories, and I don't want you to either. And working out at the gym is not your idea of fun, or mine. I know you hate the thought that you might fail at weight loss again, and I do too. And that's why, this time, I've set you up for the ultimate success by working with a doctor who lost 100 pounds at midlife herself by addressing all the hidden causes of weight gain no one's told you about. It's about so much more than diet and exercise. You'll see, Dr. Kieran will tell you all the secrets you need to know to lose 10 pounds and double your energy in the 28-day Jumpstart program. It addresses all the reasons that 90% of weight loss programs fail women at midlife. Yup, it was created by Dr. Kieran after she lost 100 pounds at midlife. She designed it to address the same issues that you're having. Only you don't know you're having them because no one told you. So yes, I heard what you want. And for sure, you totally deserve it. To live in a body that is healthy and vital and supports you in doing everything that you want to do. And to look good doing it while having more fun than you can imagine, I got you. And I know you don't want to pay a lot of money to try yet another program. So you'll love the special introductory offer of just $47 to join. Just $47? Girl, you know you spend that on things you can't even remember every single month. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Losing 10 pounds could just be the jumpstart you need to your next level of living. It's all ready for you. Just go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com to get the details on this amazing program and sign up now. Then you can check off, lose weight, and feel great from your to-do list and get back to the things that matter most to you. I heard you, and I've answered. Dr. Kieran's got your resolution covered with the Jumpstart program. I'll see you there. And we're back. You have created this wonderful, basically, software to analyze this information and put it in commonplace language and usable information that people can use to implement changes in their lives, right? Exactly right. After spending about 15 years studying genetics and testing out different treatment protocols and using them with patients, using them with family and friends and myself, I learned all the different, just from using it, ways of treating the combinations of genes. So then I wrote out many, many, many algorithms into a computer program. So it takes into account every different combination and permutation that may come up 
and then how you best treat that. That's fascinating. And for anybody listening who's thinking, I need the 23andMe and I need that analysis of my genes, just know that your doctor does need to order the analysis with Dr. Penny. They can do that at generx.ca so they can get access to it, but the information can be shared with you and it makes nutritional recommendations and supplement recommendations and all kinds of things. So it sounds wonderful. And your book, I love the title, Fix Your Genes to Fit Your Genes. I I love that. And I love the image on the cover. That is great with the genes (laughs) coming out of the genes. You got to see it, guys. Look it up on the internet. It's amazing. And you talk about the value of genetic analysis and understanding your individual nutritional and metabolic strengths and weaknesses. And we've talked a little bit about that. Just wondering if there are any particular metabolic strengths and weaknesses that you would think it's important for a woman at midlife who's dealing with weight and energy issues to know about what would they be and how might they be overcome? Absolutely. So there's a lot of different times during our life where genes are more likely to turn themselves on and express the adverse side effect of it. And certainly during times of stress is one of those but menopause is also one of those. Because just as anytime there's a big shift in hormones, that acts as a physical stressor on the body, which is why one of the reasons why cortisol rises so much at menopause. And then that can turn on genes. So cortisol, if it it starts turning on genes, particularly genes like FTO. So FTO is known as the fatso gene, and it controls the production of all three metabolic hormones. It is one where the the drive to keep eating is always there, but again, the metabolic rate is much slower. So these people, FTO people, they need a much higher level of protein and a lower saturated fat and a lower sugar content. There's different supplements we can use that will alter those hormones as well. So that would be if you coded variant for that gene. If you code normally for that gene and you ate the same amount of protein that somebody who coded variant for, the the slower form, meaning a higher amount of protein, that increased amount of protein will actually inflame the body and increase weight. So even in people with the really fast metabolisms, if that gene gets turned on in an adverse way and they're eating too much protein, they will inflame and gain weight. So we really have to know what is going on there. And all of those genes have a big effect at menopause. We often hear women say, oh, my metabolism just tanked you know, when I turn 40 or 50. And the main reason is, is these genes definitely start to become active. And then cortisol itself will reduce the rate of our metabolism from 92% down to 35%. It will triple the release of insulin to all grains, starches, sweets, and fruits. So one cookie gets treat, treated like three cookies, one banana like three bananas. And I see it all the time. Women are like, it almost happened overnight. I just gained all of this weight overnight. And I know what's happening. Those genes went like that. So we can go right back. <laughs> you can go and turn it right off. I love that. 
I love that. So there's way more where that came from in their personal genetic profile and just knowing what are your metabolic strengths and weaknesses. I talk with women all the time about knowing themselves and who they are, what are their emotional and cognitive strengths and weaknesses and learning how to work with them. And so this is next level. Exactly. Absolutely. Because you'll also see on that level with emotional and cognitive programming there, you'll see, do you make high levels of serotonin or low levels? Do you clear it out quickly? Can it bind into a receptor? Similarly with dopamine, similarly with adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, and then the interaction of all of those hormones. And so I can see why some people are susceptible to PTSD while other people are not because they make such a heightened amount of stress hormone and they don't clear it out. So it gets stuck in that sympathetic drive. Or you can see why some people, some women are really craving chocolates, particularly when their their serotonin levels drops or they can't transport it over. You can see all of that inside the genes. It's so exciting. Yes, very exciting. And speaking of chocolate, <laughs> speaking of chocolate, let's talk a little bit about how stress affects our genetics because chocolate is a common craving among women premenstrually, but also at times of stress, chocolate and sugar, I should say. And Absolutely. so something that really derails people from their program is that when they get stressed, the cortisol has a problem and then it wants sugar to come into balance. And so how do genetics affect that? Genetics will determine first off for each stressor, how much stress hormone do you make? So if we have two people going through the same stressful experience, you'll see one person remains kind of calm and one person starts to go into panicky mode or, or big heightened stress reactions or impaired sleep, waking between two to four in the morning or whatever it might be. This is generally the person that makes more than the normal amount of stress hormone. But of greater importance, how our body works from a stress hormone uh, point of view, once that stressor is dealt with and it's over, those same stress hormones, they bind into receptors in the brain. And that's the signal to say to the adrenal glands, the stress glands, I'm done with the stressor. Stop making more stress hormone. Take me back to the quiet side, the parasympathetic side of the central nervous system. Our genetics show us some people, a lot of people, make a protein which blocks all of those receptors in the brain. So those people, they never get the message that that stressor is over. And this is the foundation of a lot of PTSD or prolonged stress responses. So they've gone through that stressor, they've made this, the, the stress hormones, but they don't know how to turn them off. So their adrenal glands just day in and day out are making these high levels of, and we're seeing so much more of this right now during COVID because it's this long-term chronic stressor that is going on day in and day out. And then cortisol itself will go over to those metabolic genes and say, okay, I'm turning to you to where you crave all of those foods now, or go to your inflammatory and turn those on. And then in turn, when we eat sugars and saturated fats, that's the other nemesis for genes. Genes turning to their bad position, they hate cortisol, they hate inflammation, they hate high sugar, and they hate high saturated fat. Now, how much sugar and how much saturated fat will actually trigger those genes? It's actually in your genes <laughs> in terms of how you actually respond from an insulin point of view to them. So I can even see who's more susceptible to eating this much sugar and saturated fat for a stressor and who will only eat this much. Fascinating. What are the names of these genes that you're talking about that block the stress response? Because I know everybody's going to want to know that. Absolutely. So FKBP5 
is the gene that makes the protein that blocks it. NR3C2 is the gene that dictates how many of those receptors you have in the brain to turn off production of the stress hormone. There's ADRA-B2 genes, which talk about how much stress hormone you actually make. There's a COMP gene, which talks about, and an MAOA gene, they both talk about how quickly you clear out the stress hormones once you've made them. So there's a whole bunch of different ones that I look at. That's fascinating. So everybody write those down. So when you get your 23andMe, you can look for those and really start to address them. And you talked in a recent blog post about a woman who was mid-30s, so she was right before perimenopause, and she switched to a ketogenic diet and ended up gaining weight, which sometimes happens. So how did analyzing her 23andMe profile with your GeneRx program help her regain control of her weight and her health? I'm also one of those people that would gain and did gain on ketogenesis when I first tried it. When we're when I'm looking at genes here, so ketogenesis we know is really high saturated fat. Uh, it's, a, it's a lower moderated protein and then a very low carbohydrate. So initially when she went on it, she pulled out all sugars and, and the majority of grains and starches, et cetera, and she lost about four pounds. And everybody will do that when they first start ketogenesis because you're pulling out sugar and we all know sugar is just not, not good for us. But as she continued on this high saturated fat diet, she started feeling more and more inflamed and more and more tired, but she still was hanging on to that. I lost those four pounds right off the bat. This must be good for me. So she kept going, kept going, and then she just gained a ton of weight. So when I looked at her genes, through two of her genes, she absorbs more than the normal amount of saturated fat from a piece of food, almost twice the amount. So if she was eating a piece of chicken and her husband who coded normally was eating a piece of chicken, it'd be like she was eating two pieces of chicken. And she also produced a great deal of inflammation from that saturated fat. When I looked at her carbohydrate genes, she was absolutely fine. She actually coded completely normal for all three of the main carbohydrate genes. So her body knew how to handle carbs really well. Her metabolic genes were blocked. So she had a lower, low down metabolic rate and increased food craving from those three metabolic hormones, adiponectin, leptin, and ghrelin being off. And those hormones, again, are really triggered either by sugars or saturated fats. So it ramped up those metabolic hormones. She was absorbing a great deal of saturated fat. And what she did as well was she did a lot of coconut oil-based things, which a lot of coconut balls, coconut this, coconut that. Coconut everywhere. Everything. And, and they've done a great job marketing coconut. And it's fine for some people. But if you, if you don't code well for it, for saturated fats, one tablespoon of coconut oil is 14 grams of saturated fat. She needed to stick to less than 22 grams of saturated fat per day. So if, if she did a coconut oil, that's, based, that's more than half right there in that one ounce that she was putting in her coffee of all things to start with. And then as soon as you reach 22 grams with these genes, anything you eat for the rest of the day, you will just store as fat, whether it's got fat in it or not. And it's really, it sounds daunting to go to less than 22 grams of saturated fat, but it's not. If you pull out coconut oil and MCT oil and you're not eating mounds and mounds of cheese, you don't really need to worry about the saturated fat that's in chicken or turkey or beef or that's significantly lower than coconut oil or those sorts of foods. And we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's me again, your conscience. Just letting you know, I did hear you. 
The question is, did you hear me? Go to jumpstartyourmidlifemojo.com now to sign up for Dr. Kieran's next challenge starting soon. Pause this recording and go to the website now. We'll wait for you. Dr. Kieran's got you covered in achieving your resolutions this year. I'm always looking out for you. You're welcome. We're back. That's so powerful. And it's such a common problem that you'll see the lar- large majority of people will do well on most diets, whether it's keto or paleo or carnivore or whatever the vegan, the latest diet is. But there's always that percentage of people who don't get the results and then they end up thinking, what's wrong with me? Well, what's not wrong with you? And I wouldn't say wrong. It's just that you're different. And like you said, you're not a marathon runner. You're a fast twitch runner. Exactly, exactly. It's also too what people need to understand too is even if they start losing weight at first and they didn't rebound back as much, it doesn't, still doesn't mean it's the right diet for them. And there might be this underlying level of inflammation that's still created from that food. And here and today, that's okay. Five years from now, that might not be okay with respect to cancers or cardiovascular disease or, or all sorts of things. So it really is important to know what we need to feed our body. And I've never seen somebody not come back going, oh my God, I feel so much better. I feel lighter. I feel less boggy. And I feel clear. And then the biggest comment is, and it's, well, it's that that is you. Yeah. It's just you with your jeans in the right position. <laughs> yes, you with your jeans in the in the correct position. And I call your uh, genetics your, your your genetic library. Yeah. And you've got to take out the right books and read them. And uh, it used to be that I would do genetics when people hit roadblocks. But more and more, it's going to be the first thing that I do, just so we have the library and then we can know what books we need to take out or deliver back to the library immediately instead of doing it later. Absolutely. When I'm going through a report with somebody, they may look like they code low for serotonin or dopamine, but they exercise every day and that releases serotonin and dopamine. So they're not expressing any of those symptoms. So I don't need to do anything in terms of treatment there. Their lifestyle is keeping that gene in the position that I want it. But then there's other areas that might need tweaking right away. Yes, I think it's such valuable information. This is a wonderful conversation and you have shared such impactful, just powerful information. I know that everybody listening is eating it up, wanting more. And what they need to do is go get their 23andMe and get it analyzed in your system so they can really start reaping the benefits that this powerful technology affords us. So thank you so much for sharing this wonderful information and what you've created with us. With the book, if they do do their 23andMe, they can actually walk themselves through, if they pull out their codings from 23andMe of each of those genes, all the metabolic and dietary genes there. So they can also do it themselves without their doctor, but I still advise doing the whole protocol, just as we spoke, they all interact. But you get a good taste of what you're going to get. Great, and that's the Fix Your Genes to Fit Your Genes book. Okay, wonderful. So everybody pick up a copy of that. I usually end by asking my guests, what are your the top three take action tips that you've shared? I do think it's kind of self-evident, but I do want to ask you just what they would be. Definitely. Definitely to do your genetics, because that's going to tell you what, how you need to feed your body, what supplements you need to take. Sleep. 
do not underestimate the power of sleep. It is not just a time for rest. It is a time for healing. And laughter and play. We, we get so caught up in working 24-7. And as much as stress can be detrimental to our health, the reverse of stress, the play, the laughter, the love, getting out there, not taking life quite so seriously, has equal power to heal. Yes, that's so, so important. Have fun, play, laugh, and enjoy yourself. It helps your hormonal balance and pretty much everything else. Everything. So thank you so much for joining me. One last question. The name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health. And what does that mean to you? For me, it means living your truth. And living your truth is being honest to your feelings, being honest about your your likes and your dislikes and doing everything with good intention and true intention for your body. Obviously, there are times when we have to do things that we don't like because that, that's part of living in society. But really at the core, living your truth, going after things for the right reason, putting things into your body for the right reason, just living your life in that way. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Dr. Penny Kendall-Reed, if people want to find out more, where can they find you? At pkrhealth.ca. PKRHealth.ca. Perfect. Great. And the Fix Your Jeans to Fit Your Jeans is available on Amazon? Amazon, Coco, Kimball, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's very much appreciated. This is tremendous information. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, post it on your social media and tag me, I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.